Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. I'm hoping that this series has been enlightening for you. I'm hoping that you've been able to take the time to accept the challenge that I put out at the beginning of this series because we've only got two weeks left. That's including this week. So I'm hoping that you're able to be uh, able to spend time with God to allow God to be able to move in different ways where he may not have um, had access to because of our own limitations or because of our own busyness or because of um, our own thoughts process and uh, and this is just giving us the ability with everything that's going on in our lives to be able to go, all right, God, you are my priority. You are who I want to put first and you are who I want to involve in my everyday, not just because that's what I'm supposed to do, but because I love you, because you loved me first. And because you are that important to me because you created me and you know me more than what I know myself. So welcome to the second last week of Practically Equipped. I'm hoping that this message is, is more of a reconfirmation of things that you may have already known or you may have already put into your, uh, your life without even knowing it. But it is spiritual disciplines when we can intentionally by choice, step into it. So this week, we've, what we've gone through leading up to this week is worship, openness, relinquishment, sharing, hearing. This week is incarnation or incarnating. Incarnating Jesus. The practical ways that let us be Jesus to the world. But before we actually get into that, and this is one of the things that uh, I was doing when I was putting this message together, I was sitting there going, I'm not too sure whether everyone knows what incarnate means. So I looked it up, and it is beautiful what it says. It says, embodied in human form, represented in the most fundamental or extreme form. Embodied or in present, where you represent a deity or a spirit in human form. And these ones is what we can actually implement. Put into concrete form and being the living embodiment of. So I'm hoping after today that we can intentionally be the living embodiment of Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to adapt move and work supernaturally. This is the same Holy Spirit that, that Jesus worked through, worked in. This is Jesus living in us. It's not different to what Jesus said in the Bible. It's exactly the same Spirit moving in and through us. So incarnating Jesus. In that, these are the, these are the, um, the spiritual disciplines that we'll be going through uh, today. And that is... The blessing others or encouragement, care for the earth or of the earth, compassion, control of the tongue, forgiveness, humility, justice, solidarity in Jesus, 
Jesus' suffering, sorry, stewardship and truth-telling. Now, each week I turn around to you and I say that this is just an introduction. This is just an exposure to the rest of the week. And I invite you and I, and I encourage you to join us tomorrow for the Bible video devotion that, that's on, um, on Facebook. And then on Thursday night, uh, as we have Richard Reeves speaking into this very topic, so hopefully you can join us on Zoom and don't miss out on that. All right. God is love. God loves all people, all shapes and sizes. He loves his children and adults alike, all men and all women. God loves old people and young people. God loves good people and bad people. God loves straight people and gay people. God loves Everyone. God's, God loves gossipers and peacemakers, terrorists and doctors, law enforcement and frontline workers, and anarchists. God loves all. Whether you are black, white, caramel skin, it doesn't matter. God loves you. Even if you have been on the paid staff of hell. God loves you. God's love for us never ends. Now, that's very hard to actually embrace and to get our heads around. God's love is unconditional. The incarnate disciplines that we're going to go through stem from the desire to offer others a taste of God's life-changing love. The Son of God came to earth and took on flesh, was incarnate, to show us the face of God's love. While on earth, Jesus called his followers to incarnate this show and tell love in their own bodies. With the love of Jesus resident within us, our capacity to love grows. Love always gives birth to more love. Ever notice when you show love, even in extreme times, it tends to change the atmosphere of things that are going on. It doesn't depend on quality, but the eternal quality of God. It doesn't depend on quantity, I should say, but rather an eternal quality of God. In Christ, we are rooted in the depths of God's love. The incarnating disciplines open us to God's heart. They invite us to participate in God's kingdom agenda. I don't know about you, but I want to get on God's kingdom agenda, not on my agenda. So the first one this morning is blessing others and encouragement and being a part of a church family this church family i know that we are very good at blessing others or encouraging others uh me myself have been encouraged a lot and i'm hoping that i've been encouraged encouragement to you um in the past and i and i'll intentionally step into this uh whenever i can but each one of us comes into this world hungry for human welcoming for human blessings, and also for human encouragement. We need to hear that we are wanted and valued 
in God's eyes. Our Father, our Creator, He loves us. We are valued in His eyes. That we are beautiful and wonderful in our creation. One way that we can receive this affirmation is through His children. To bless and encourage others is to speak well of them, inspiring them with God's own hope, not your own, with God's own hope. Also is confidence and the delight in their belovedness. Does your soul desire this, to instill courage, confidence and hope through expressing the delight God has in others? You can do this by praying God's delight into people's lives, speaking or writing scriptural words of encouragement for one another, speaking words that empower, nurture and give courage or life to others, whether that be in small groups, whether that be in church service, whether that be in individual um, settings, speaking life into others. In Acts one twenty three, it says this, when he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, And he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. This is already in Acts at the start up. When he arrived and saw the evidence of God's blessings, he was filled with joy and encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11 it says this, Because of this, encourage the hearts of your fellow believers and support one another. Letter to the Thessalonians. Paul is writing this. Just as you have already been doing. Because of this, encourage the hearts, not just the actions, the hearts of your fellow believers. It's a gift to be an encouragement to somebody. Next one this morning is care of the earth. Scripture makes it clear that we are caretakers and stewards of all that God has made. Creation is God's gift, and it is to be nurtured and maintained with love and care. Christians are encouraged to exercise love, dominion, loving dominion, sorry, that honors scriptural values and leaves future generations what they will need. Caring for the earth is a way of expressing God's delight in his very good creation. By engaging in love, uh, by engaging in loving care of the earth, the environment, the plants and the animals, we honour the gifts and the treasures of our creator. Does your soul desire this? To honour the creator by loving and nurturing and stewarding his creation. You can do this by protecting the earth's natural resources with a concern for the future generations and what they will inherit. You can do this by treating animals humanely. You can do this by not littering and recycling and being intentional about pollution prevention, care of what God has created. In Romans 8, 20 to 21, it says this, against its will, all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Even creation looks forward to the day of Jesus' return. Even creation looks forward to the day 
of paradise. We are part of God's creation. We live in God's creation. So does your soul desire to actually intentionally step into that? Next one this morning is compassion. Jesus showed compassion to outcasts, prostitutes, IRS agents, crowds, beggars, women, foreigners, uh, society outcasts, as well as those who had communicable diseases and that everyone didn't want anything to do with. If you look at it these day and ages, you would include criminals, liars, drug users, cheats. Jesus saw the people that others overlooked and he was quick to feel for them rather than label them as lazy, rather than label them as promiscuous, self-destructive or even just a piece of work. When a neglectful religious leader passed judgment on a woman, he did not know. Jesus said to him, Simon, do you see this woman? You find this in Luke 7. It's the first thing he says is, Simon, do you see this woman? Not physically, not visually. Do you see her? Simon saw only appearances. He didn't feel for the woman because he did not see her. He did not know her. He didn't know her circumstance and he didn't care. Jesus really sees the hungry, the poor, the grieving, the physically impaired, the mentally deranged, the demonically oppressed. Now that's a tongue turn. And the culturally marginalised. And he sees... And what he sees moves him to compassion. But it doesn't stop there. For Jesus' compassion compels us and was a call to action, to heal and to restoration. Compassion means feeling with or for others as well as extending mercy and help to them in extravagantly practical ways. Compassion is part and parcel of sharing God's heart for an aching and wounded world. Does your soul desire this? To become the healing presence of Christ to others. You can do this by finding the opportunity and means to comfort, encourage, support those who are struggling, that are suffering and that are oppressed, showing mercy rather than passing judgment. You can do this by being involved in community-based projects or serve, that serve of service of, of compassion, by visiting those who are sick, hospitalised, unable to drive or attend to their needs and desires with patient love. Not just love, with patient love. Compassion. It says in 1 Peter 3, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathise with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted. And keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. 
Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Love those words. Really hard to do, but I love those words. Next one this morning is control of the tongue. Words are small things that hold incredible power. With them, we can make both love and war. Words are powerful among our, above our understanding. They can mark us forever. Governing our words, refraining from labels that judge and take responsibility for our means is a part of a growth in godliness. Control our tongue, controlling our tongue involves an intentional awareness and governance of words as well as the tone of voice in all communication. This is something that I've been personally trying to be aware of. And it is hard. But that's why it says intentionally being aware. Does your soul desire this? To turn the destructive way you use your words into authentic, loving and healing speech. To speak truth in love, not speaking out of anger or irritability, but speaking life rather death into others. In James 3, it says this, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. They may be harsh words, but they are so true. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. It releases, in in another version or another translation, it says this, it releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence And this was the interesting part. This came out of the the Aramaic transcripts. It says this, it can be translated that a fire, your tongue can produce a fire that passes through successive generations, rolling like wheels. So what you say doesn't just affect you. But it goes on and says this. In James 3, 10, It says this. And so blessings and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I believe in this letter, it's it's an encouragement, but it's also an appeal to be careful of what we say, whether it be to somebody whether it be about somebody, whether it be about situation, not just the words that we're saying, but how we're actually saying it. Be wise in what we say. And next one this morning is forgiveness. The word that's... The world... Oh, sorry, the world is stifled with horror, horrific events 
horrific wrongs, with terrorism, rape, torture, abuse, betrayal, injustice, prejudice, ethnic cleansing, racism and more. When we are saturated with pain, and when people are saturated with pain, people tend to do wrong things. Or when wrong things are done to you, you react in certain ways. Seeking retribution or vengeance fuels more hatred. It can also fuel fear. It can also feel that you're self-righteous and that the wrongdoing is just misled. Is it any wonder that forgiveness can seem more repugnant than retaliation? So let's be clear. Forgiveness is not a human idea. It's God's idea. To forgive is to condemn a wrong, sparing the wrongdoer hatred, revenge, and self-righteous indignation by joining them to Jesus' own forgiving heart. We actually don't have or are not in the position to forgive somebody. We need to hand it over to Jesus. Does your soul desire this, whether it be something that you want to step into personally or whether it be something that you want to be an advocate for? Does your soul desire this, to lean into Jesus' forgiving heart and stop the cycle of vengeance? You can do this by forgiving yourself for making mistakes. And that's where it needs to start, is that you need to forgive yourself before you can forgive others. Forgive yourself for, for the mistakes and the limits as God has forgiven you. Attaching your heart to God's forgiving heart and extending God's forgiveness, not yours, God's forgiveness, when you can't for, uh, extend your own. And the last one is unhooking from hate and extending mercy to a wrongdoer. In Matthew 5, it says this, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray in Matthew, including the aspect of understanding, uh, aspect and the understanding of the importance of forgiving. He says this, he says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. We say that, but yet do we really forgive with God's own heart? In Ephesians 4, it says this, Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. There's a bit there that a lot of people tend to forget, is that just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The next one this morning is humility. Humility stems from having someone besides yourself as the center of your attention. Apprentices to Jesus are chosen, loved, appreciated, and are important to the creator of the universe. I'm going to say that again. Apprentices to Jesus are chosen, loved, appreciated, and important to the creator of the universe. The Holy Spirit inhabits them. So if that's the case, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. 
Say that again. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking less, thinking of yourself less. Humble people let go of the image management and self-promotion. They honour others by making the others' needs as real and important as their own. Does your soul desire this? Is it prompting you to do this? To become like Jesus in his willingness to choose the hidden way of love rather than the way of power. Refraining from image management, as I said before, deliberately keeping silent about accomplishments and talents and backing away from becoming the centre of attention whilst drawing others out. In Matthew 6, it says this, watch out. I can just imagine as he's writing this down, as Matthew's writing this down, he goes, watch out. Don't do your, your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. I think he's, he's, he's hyphening, he's making sure that, those, those, uh, that he stands out. Is that, that's the reason why he's saying watch out at the beginning of it. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Now that's... A big loss. Don't self-promote yourself. Goes on and says this, give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Does your soul desire that? Next one is justice. Unfortunately, justice is not something that we can take for granted among Christians. We, like the world around us, like our comforts and balk at any personal sacrifice or inconvenience that may inconvenient our lives. While we endorse the notion of justice, our time and energy tends to go into personal development and material accomplishments. Justice seeks to help others through correcting and redressing wrongs, even if they don't involve you. It treats others fairly and shows no favoritism. Does your soul desire this? To love others by seeking their good protection, seeking their good protection, gain and fair treatment. Being responsible to God and others by treating others impartially or and fairly and by providing for the poor, needy and oppressed through means that are available to you. In Amos 5, it says this, Do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. Do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. Then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper, just as you have claimed. Now, I don't know. I know that there might be some people out there that didn't even know that there's a book of Amos that exists. But I encourage you to actually go and read this. There is so much gold in it. It goes on and says this, Hate evil and love what is good. Turn your courts into true halls of justice. Perhaps even yet the Lord God of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people. It goes on and says this, 
Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteousness living. Come the words for people that can't speak themselves. The next one this morning is solidarity in Jesus' suffering. We are in solidarity with Jesus' suffering when we hold our pain and bear our burdens together with Jesus and his own sufferings for the world. Does your soul desire this, to be with Jesus in your pain and in his pain? So to be with Jesus in your pain, whatever you're going through, and in his pain. You can do this by connecting your trials to Jesus' own in his temptations, his hardship, his betrayal, his disappointment, his conflict. Fully God, but fully human. Imagining you are with Jesus in all things, not just the good, but the bad as well. Meditating on how Jesus responded to conflict and hardship. If we are supposed to be image bearers to others, we need to actually be image bearers to ourselves in our times as well. Philippians 3.10 says it perfectly. It says this. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I could stop it right there. I could stop the sermon right there. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Isn't that a cry of our hearts? Isn't that a cry of what we need in our lives? It goes on and says this, I want to suffer with him. So as you say that, you, if, we're, if we're experiencing the power that raised him from the dead, it then goes on and says this, make sure that we, we, we stay with this, is that I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't know where you're sitting this morning. I don't know what's going on, but that, that's like God speaking directly to me. And I'm hoping that he's speaking directly to you. This is what he wants us to experience. He wants us to, to, to embrace, is that he wants to live through us. That incredible power that raised Jesus from the dead. Yes, we're going to suffer, but he's not going to leave us. Next one this morning is stewardship. Only a couple more, guys, so stay with me. Stewardship means recognizing that nothing that we have really belongs to us. Everything that we own belongs to God. Everything that we own belongs to God. We are simply the stewards of his wealth, his gifts, his opportunities, his houses, his cars, and his computers, the devices that you're on now. We share in his DNA, with our DNA, yet much of the world identifies the Christian West as consumers rather than people who are good stewards. Stewardship is a voluntary and generous offering of God's gifts and resources and time and talents and treasures for the benefit and the love of God and others. Does your soul desire this, to live as a steward of God's resources in all areas of life? not just on a Sunday morning, not just during ministries, and all areas of life, to live out 
of the awareness that nothing I have is my own. A systematic, in, a systematic intentional, generous lifestyle flowing from God because you love him and because he loved us. He loves us. You can do this by living in a way that exemplifies that your life, your time, your money, your home, your family are not your own. Throughout investing resources or thoughtfully investing resources and spiritual gifts to the benefit of the body of Christ and his kingdom agenda and generously sharing in the resources of God that he has given you, that he has blessed you in physically, in mentally, in naturally, in economic, in spiritually, and passing them on, sharing them around. In Deuteronomy 8, it says this, he did all of this so that you would never say to yourselves, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God, he is the one who gives you power to be successful. Last one this morning, guys, as we're starting to wrap up, is truth-telling. Truth-telling involves speaking in a way that doesn't uh, exaggerate, minimise, deny, rationalise or manage the truth. Does your soul desire this? Is this something that is continually keep on coming up for you? To live an authentic, truthful life. And do this by refusing to spin events or experiences in order, in order to impress others, by not exaggerating, by not saying, by actually saying what you mean and meaning what you say, by speaking the truth in love, sometimes that may hurt, by refusing to gossip or pass on gossip or rumour. Truth alone has staying power. Jesus said uh, says this by telling the truth that begins with a small thing. Don't just say yes when you intend to back out of it. In Matthew 5, 37, it says, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Begin to reclaim the truth about yourself in your own words by honouring the Creator In Proverbs 12, it says this. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. How truthful is that? The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. This is the second last week of this series, guys. So I urge you, I encourage you, I plead with you this week, join us. Join us on Monday. Stop everything else that you're doing. Join us on Monday for when Janelle shares into the Bible video devotion. And then join us on Thursday via Zoom. Don't miss these opportunities to actually be filled in different ways outside of just a Sunday service, outside of just your ministry, outside of just your small group. These are opportunities to be able to understand these spaces a little bit more. Hopefully I'll see you during the week. Guys, have a great, uh, have a great week uh, and uh, I'll see you guys next week for the last part of this series. Have a blessed week, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. 
If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.